1: Hey, everybody, I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Ben Holderness. Thank you so much for tuning into the streamy honorable mention for other category yes. Holderness Family Podcast. <laughs> no, other. 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 Other.
2: Other. Other. So, we actually won the Audience Choice Award because we have the best community that there is
1: on the interweb. It's because of you guys. It
2: is because of you. And clearly
1: are, it wasn't because of us cuz we didn't win the part. We're, we're the, the judges
2: actually. <laughs> but I just love the other category because we don't really fit into we're not true crime or comedy. That's we right. are very we've embraced the other.
1: Yeah. Makes us wonder if we shouldn't uh, change our focus or be a little more specific or something. I would be
2: the word because true crime. like kind of freaks me out and um because it's true yeah okay so i would be like the reluctant true crime host that could actually be really funny genre
1: i do like listening to the i've ducked in and out of true crime before and i like it it's always an npr sounding voice and npr voices sound a little bit like this there's not not a lot of there's not a lot of
2: no I. drama slower
1: you talk slower so i made my way to this tiny town In search for answers, and then there'd be like a 45-minute musical break. Anyway. It works for me, though.
2: You guys, switching gears. (laughs) We have a big announcement. So by the time this is published, I think a few days after we have a big announcement, we're not really supposed to tell anybody, but because our podcast is our very favorite thing, we'll give you a little hint. It rhymes with Schmargett. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's super. It's going to be hard for anyone to figure out, honey. Maybe you a should big, give and it a. We little have a obvious. big,
2: exciting announcement that'll come out around the time you're listening to yeah. this.
1: Anyway, and it pertains to something you can buy.
2: <laughs> We're really let's go with that, yeah, anyway, but thank you for being here. today, I'm excited to talk about this. We have been in discussion, we've dropped we've we've talked about it that we had signed up for penn is a birthday present to me, but i very I was so excited about it had signed up for kiteboarding a kiteboarding camp. It's for adults. and I was so excited about it, but then instantly became so terrified. And so we're going to talk today about some lessons I learned getting out of my comfort zone. And that has been my theme for the year. So let me ask you, Penn. If you I say, let me transport you to your favorite spot in the world, where would it be?
1: Oh, a beach, a porch. A, a, I, I, like. I'm specifically near the ocean, probably with some people I know. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
2: For me, and I'm not lying, there's a spot on my couch... With my dog on my lap, and my family nearby,
1: but not too close.
2: Yeah, close, but not like touching me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, so you're not snug. Sunny is allowed to make yeah, contact. I'm the kidding. rest of us are.
2: I'm not even lying. Arms-length. When I watched Willy Wonka for the first time, and you know that the grandparents that stay in bed for years and years and they're just like in the middle of the living room and mm-hmm. there's the two sets of grandparents yeah. and the, and they're just like serving. I was like, I said it out loud. I was like, you know what? If anybody in that movie, I'm kind of, that's the one, those really? are the ones I'm kind of jealous
1: of. So my reaction was, how come Joe could suddenly just get out of bed? I know,
2: it's not. I mean, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's fiction. I,
1: mean. I know, sorry. But I just my- want to
2: set the stage that I... I like just sitting and being in my own home is my comfort zone, Mm -hmm. but I also know that I'm far happier when I leave the house and try new things, but it is a struggle to get my butt off that couch.
1: Sure. And I've seen that part of this has to do with something we speak of very frequently on this podcast, which is where you get your energy from. Mm -hmm. you know, there's, there are extroverts in the world and there are introverts in the world. It doesn't necessarily mean that extroverts are outgoing and introverts are hermits. That's in fact a horrible misconception. Uh, you can be the life of a party as an introvert, but you, as I believe more of an introvert, certainly than me, get your energy from places like that. You recharge in places like that. You, your, your tank does not run empty in places like that. And for that reason, you and I probably have different we probably have different ways to go outside our comfort zone with the exception of this week, which was really pretty much outside both our comfort zones.
2: But I think that for you trying a new sport Mm -hmm. or adventuring to a new place, it seems normal and exciting. I mean, example, Penn was asked by a friend of a friend to go sing in a band this weekend at a neighborhood pool. It's this very chill pool party and they needed a singer and it was like a friend of a friend he had never met these people and his answer was sure i'll do it and he's been to two practices that's right and you you go into somebody's house you don't know these people with great confidence pick up a microphone and start singing songs I would need so much more information before. Obviously, I'm not going to sing. I'm A. But if somebody said, hey, we need a backup dancer for this, I would say, no, I would never do that.
1: Why aren't there people just asking for backup dancers these days? We need more middle-aged
2: backup dancers, to be clear.
1: I'll be honest with you. If I were at a pool party and I had a choice between a (laughs) over 40 classic rock jam band and a bunch of 40-year-old like former college dancers... Like dancing to Britney Spears, I mean, I would rather watch the, the second is, one.
2: The choice is clear. I yeah. mean, but so I'm just setting the stage here that leaving my comfort zone is it is in fact very uncomfortable. Sure, and my rational brain knows that it's good and actually necessary to try new things. And I read the book at the beginning of the year, and I I think we talked about it on this podcast. Uh, it's called The Comfort Crisis: Embrace Discomfort to Reclaim Your Wild, Happy. Healthy Self. It's by Michael Easter. I've tried small ways to get out of my comfort zone. I've said yes to every social invite that's come my way. And that's huge. Okay. I've made it a point to try new restaurants in different parts of town. I have this very familiar running path. Like I ran the same path every day, basically. And I've been trying to take new routes. So I've been like trying to take baby steps. But this was like a very big step, this very new, scary, physical thing. And you and I had made a pact at the beginning of the year that every year we're going to try something new and scary at least once a year. Yeah. As long as our bodies will let us, (laughs) we're going to.
1: Yeah, and just to tie that back in because we got the idea from michael easter mm-hmm. there's a huge part of the comfort crisis which we both read and it's a very quotable book i find it maybe it's just because of the season of life that we're in but mm-hmm. we're constantly referencing it and a big part of it is this thing called the misogi and i hope i'm pronouncing it right it's mm-hmm. m-i-s-o-g-i if you want to look it up but it was something that he took from another culture he actually took it from a, a guy who runs like a sports performance company but what it is is it's a, an annual uh, challenge that you un- embark on that the rules are number one you can't die you can't Don't be so die. dangerous that you're going to die and the other big rule is that it has to be difficult enough that there's really only a 50 50 chance of success for example if you like it can be hard but if you're a marathoner and your masogi is to run a marathon
2: it's not that's
1: like a hundred percent success Yeah. so some of the examples of things that people have done even like NBA players, former NBA players have taken this on is to like skin dive underwater and roll a giant boulder a kilometer.
2: Yeah. I mean, just really hard mentally tasking things and you're pushing your, the whole challenge is to kind of push out of your comfort zone and push yourself, like push your limits. He, He writes in newness, we are forced into presence and focus newness, newness can even slow down our senses of time this explains why time seemed slower when we were kids because when we were kids everything seemed new and i have to say we we took on kiteboarding yeah is it something i mean there was a pretty high chance of probability is it a true masogi i don't know. hang on
1: I, well i'm going to disagree with you there because having surveyed the people who were out there there was about a 50 50 rate of success for the people who went out there just to be able to like on your own get up and, and do it
2: yeah and I think there might be it's, the rules are a little fuzzy to me in terms of can it be somebody something's assisting you with whatever but for our personal rules between the two of us this counted this is something we were trying to learn and we're trying to push yeah. ourselves physically and I have spent a lot of time especially this summer with my children asking them to try new things especially my son you know he's 13 he loves basketball but we've been trying to get him into just expose him to different things and to you know different if it's it's a camp or it's a new friend and he's 13 he's reluctant but at the end of the day he's always happy he did yeah he's always happy he did so i needed to sort of take my own advice
1: right Uh, in that same vein because you have you've been like proactively like signing them up for things. I was a little nervous because I signed you up for this without telling you about this.
2: But and we but we to be clear, we, we had seen We kite talked borders. about
1: it. It still I was a little I was a little nervous. It's it's not super refundable. I was very, very happy with your response, which was gung ho, let's do this. Let's I'm excited. This.
2: And we had seen kite borders around the beach and in videos over the past couple of years, and so to be just to set the scene here, kiteboarding, it's like a wake and a wakeboard is a little tiny surfboard and a wakeboard. Traditionally, you're pulled behind a ski boat, like you would water ski, but you're on a like little tiny ski, you know, surfboard, but kiteboarding or kite surfing, the terms are interchangeable. I believe you're being pulled by the power of a kite. So the wind instead of a boat, so it seems really hard, and it seems really hard because it is really hard, you guys. Uh, we signed up for this Zero to Hero camp, and it's in the Outer Banks of North Carolina. And it's, that, that scene's pretty famous for kiteboarding because they have a lot of shallow waters and really consistent winds.
1: And we will be right back.
2: The birds are singing. Mm-hmm. the The buds are on the tree. Yes, winter is finally turning into spring. Yeah,
1: you're a big fan of the spring, and you know I also love the sun finally coming out from hiding.
2: And you know me, the cold weather just wreaks havoc on my skin, my energy levels, everything.
1: And that is why you've, Kim, you've been trying the care of vitamin packs.
2: Yep, they have these daily packs that you can take on the go, like ceramides, which help reinforce your skin's protective barrier, and iron for energy levels.
1: Yeah. It's it's awesome because all you do to get started is take a short online quiz about your lifestyle and your health goals, and Careof will give you doctor-backed recommendations.
2: And they ship high-quality, personalized vitamins, supplements, and powders conveniently to your door every month.
1: And something new at Care/of: if you're not yet ready to subscribe to monthly packs, some of their best-selling vitamins are now also available in bottles.
2: For 50% off your first Care Of subscription order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code Holderness50.
1: That's 50% off your first Care Of subscription order at TakeCareOf.com and use code Holderness50. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar.
2: Pen, you know I'm always looking for a snack that's both nutritious and
1: tasty. Both a little snacky, yes. <laughs> uh, but of course, the healthy stuff tastes like sand, and the stuff that tastes good isn't healthy, right?
2: Not IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are a quick, low carb option that I love to grab for my midday slump.
1: So start each day right with IQ Bars, brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. Get 7 IQ bar flavors, 4 IQ mix flavors and 4 IQ joe flavors.
2: And today our listeners get an exclusive offer for 20% off plus free shipping. Just text holderness to 64000, which is 64000.
1: All IQ bar products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMO and artificial sweeteners.
2: Plus they're packed with high-quality ingredients to keep you physically and
1: mentally fit. And they have a bunch of delicious flavors like chocolate sea salt, which is my favorite, peanut butter chip, and wild blueberry.
2: Don't forget over 10,000 five-star reviews and counting.
1: Refuel smarter with IQ Bars Ultimate Sampler Pack. That's 7 IQ bars, 4 IQ mix sticks, and 4 IQ joe sticks.
2: And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus free shipping.
1: To get your 20% off, just text Holderness to 64,000.
2: Get your discount. Text Holderness to 64,000. That's Holderness to 64,000.
1: Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details.
2: I have to say, Pen, I remember I was really nervous.
1: Sure. I, I was too. I know that you say that I try things out and I, I figure them out pretty easily. I believe in kind of painting a visual picture. So I don't know that most people have actually been to this part of the world but the outer banks of north carolina the northern part of the outer banks of north carolina are separated there are cities like plymouth and washington on one side and then there are miles and miles of this sound called the pamlico sound to the point that when you when you get across these multiple bridges to get to cape hatteras you look to your right and there's the Atlantic Ocean, which we're used to, right? It's just, it goes on for miles and miles. It's, it takes you over to England. You go to the left side of this island, which is less than a mile wide. It's only three quarters of a mile wide. And you see this sound that for all intent and purpose looks like the ocean. But because of the setup of this island, the wind is always going to blow in your favor in one direction. And for that reason, it is this crazy Mecca for kite porters. And when you go over these bridges and you get to the island, what made me scared was I saw people doing it who clearly had done it for a while. And y'all people who know how to do this, it is borderline terrifying to see some of the jumps that they make.
2: And I was, you know, we pulled up, we see these people like doing jumps and tricks. I was like, what the hell am I doing? Those kites are so huge. I'm not a large person. I'm going to fly away and never see my kids again. And Penn had the most rational answer ever. Cause I was like, honey, I just don't, think I can do this. Like, this isn't for me. This is for 20-somethings. This is not for me. Um, he's like, babe, we've already paid in full. We have to do it now. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> we paid in full. Yep. And so I want to get into some of the things I learned last week. Okay. Uh, the first thing I learned is doing hard things is actually very hard. I, as I, I get anxious doing anything new. And Michael Easter, there's a quote from his book that says, fear is apparently a mindset often felt prior to experience so between before we experience things i think it's pretty common that fear sets in i know it was safe so it wasn't like i was being stupid about it but i needed to learn how to push through but i think acknowledging that it was hard helped me in some way so in the first day you basically go into these waist deep waters of the pamlico sound and you're holding on to this huge kite and how Our, my kite was not as big as yours, but how high up would you say those kites were in the air?
1: They're about, so they're between 75 and a hundred feet, depending on how much wind there is. Yeah. In the air.
2: And then it's how
1: wide. Well, they're judged in meters, I think. Right. So I think yours were between eight and 11 meters, depending on the wind. And mine were between 11 and 14.
2: So pretty flipping big. I'm five foot four. And so this thing was monster and i have to say it was it was a really big deal for me to learn how to get this thing up and then to just hold it still and to make the teeny tiny movements and then the slightly bigger movements that needed you know that you would need to harness i was really scared that i mean we were safe distance from people but i was really mm-hmm. scared i was going to hit somebody i finally found some confidence in my own strength. And I had to remind myself of all the things I've accomplished in my life. I had to say like, I gave birth twice. I can do this. Mm -hmm. I, I, I bungee jumped off the highest bungee jump in Europe. I can do this. I, I had to say those things, but yeah, doing hard things is actually very hard.
1: Well, can I be specific about why this sport is really hard? Mm -hmm. Because to me, it's, it's fascinating. Let's start with this. You know how uh, in science class you learn the difference between a stable equilibrium and an unstable equilibrium? I'll take you back if you want.
2: Uh, pen, um, I have chunked and discarded. Like I okay. emptied the trash can. Okay. on That. Knowledge. Well,
1: can I bring it back? It's it's kind of a you fun way try. to. Okay. You can try. All right. So I want you to envision a hill, mm-hmm. and I want you to envision a bowl, mm-hmm. and you've got a ball bearing. Mm-hmm. It's all ball bearings Whits these a days. Ball bearing. It's a, a a nice smooth ball. Okay. How about just a marble?
2: A marble. Let's do marble. that. Marble. Okay.
1: In the bowl, yeah. you put a marble anywhere in the bowl, right? On the top of the bowl, the side of the bowl, wherever. It's going to go dink, 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 and it's going to stop in the exact same place. Right. That is a stable equilibrium.
2: Good. You're a good teacher.
1: So it just means that there's a lot of room for error for you to get back to where you're going to be in golf. There's like, there's holes that are bowl shaped when you go to a putt putt and they're just eventually going to go in the hole because they want to get you out of there. And then there's the ones that are on the Hill. Okay. On top of a Hill. So imagine putting a ball uh, or a marble on this hill unless Mm -hmm. you put it in exactly the center of the top of the hill it will not come to rest you put it anywhere else it's going to fall off the side in chaos and that's
2: kite that's kiting
1: these kites they're high performance kites they do have this stable equilibrium which is when you let go it just goes down into the water Mm -hmm. so it's stable equilibrium is to fall to the water safely Mm -hmm. and that's a safety measure and i'm glad they have it but the only way to keep it up flying is to put it in exactly the right wind window mm-hmm. which is a very unstable equilibrium. And so I was thinking about having to put that ball on top of the hill the entire time and realizing anytime you barely kind of stretched it one way you would fall. Right?
2: Oh, and fall I did, you guys. <laughs> we all did. That brings me to number 2. Doing hard physical <laughs> things is mentally and physically exhausting. The it's funny. Penn and I both brought our computers in hopes of, because we had big, big, long breaks. It was like a session in the morning and a session afternoon. So we'd have long breaks in between. And of course, in the evenings, our kids weren't there. So we had, we, Penn is writing book number two. We thought we were going to just be knocking out so much work. We were both so physically and mentally zapped that yeah. we could do nothing more than stare at a TV screen. By the way, we were binge watching Suits 10 years late. We just started watching Suits and we're obsessed.
1: You guys, it's kind of trashy. Oh,
2: it's like a soap opera. Everybody's hot. And
1: their main character is like he like is so cocky. He'll like throw quarters at people and say, "Call someone who cares." (laughs) And I freaking love it.
2: Oh my god, everybody's so attracted. Meghan Markle's in it. First of all, she's married to Prince Harry. And I thought when she they were getting married, I thought maybe she had a
1: three episode arc that she was in it. No, she's a big character. She was a
2: she she was a main character. Not only is
1: she a main character, we got to the end of uh, season two. Maybe season three, can't remember which one. And there's some graphic content this is, of this is Sexy Markle. Time. Yeah, this
2: is sexy time. Anyway, yeah. I have to say we didn't even have energy to talk to each other, and I started to feel shame for not being productive. And by the end of the week, I think I had promised some scripts and I had promised some, you know, motion on some work projects, and I had really nothing to show for it, and I felt very, very guilty. But I had to give myself some grace because we, we were doing this mental and physical thing yeah. and that in turn was very productive.
1: Let's talk about why it's mentally exhausting. Um, you guys, I was talking earlier about that unstable equilibrium. Once you get there, the reward would be that you would get up on your wakeboard. But before they let you do that, they want you to find that equilibrium where the wind carries you forward in an activity that we did for hours
2: Called body dragging. Called body dragging. It, when the first time they said it, I was like, this sounds like you're committing a crime and trying to get rid of the evidence. And it sort of felt like that. Yes. So you were you were kind of harnessing your kite in the wind and they, you're literally letting it drag you upwind, downwind, different directions because you have to prove. Uh, guys, this is really flipping hard, but also can be painful if you do it wrong. And that those were so many moments when I'm like, I, there was a college soccer player that was, she was like this adorable 19 year old division
1: one athlete. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Who was there and you know, she was just whipping around and we're in good shape, right? We, we, we work hard, but we are not division one athletes. And it was, it was very humbling as a perfectionist. Yeah. i I that was the part I found so mentally exhausting and I had to tell you're kind of paired with the coach tonight mm-hmm. Zoe Zoe is the met the be- Zoe's the best uh I had to confess to her because she said you are getting really frustrated and it's not that big of a deal and I, yeah. as a perfectionist not being able to do it right on the first time it was not a good feeling.
1: Can I ask you something more specific about that because I think you and I both had our own individual limits of frustration, and it sounds like your reasoning why is because of your perfectionism. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit more about that. Like, What was going on in your head?
2: I There was a lot, because I ask our children to adapt this growth mindset, and the growth mindset is very widely publicized, which is the, the foundations of it, as I understand it, is you are better off trying and failing at something at the end of the day because you learn more when you fail at something. You, yeah. You, you know, if you're, if you get the math problem wrong the first three times, well, when you get it right, you're going to know exactly why it's right. You're going to know every way to not do it. So, to, so adapting the mindset of, like let's try it 10 different ways and find 10 different ways it doesn't work and we know it so much better and truer and we're stronger for having tried and failed. We are truly stronger for having tried and failed than just getting it right in the first time. The problem is I grew up not, and this is not, Uh, my my parents did not enforce it because my parents were never, they never were, you know, I never got disciplined for not getting things right. This has nothing to do with my family. This is the way, this is clearly the way I was born. I do not like being bad at things. And that keeps me from trying things. So this band situation that you got invited to this weekend, I think the big reason, it's not because it's outside of my comfort zone so much, but I would, I would afraid, I would be afraid that it would be terrible. And you had no hesitation. You don't even like you say the, these people are great. They're good. They're fine. You know. Yeah. You don't even if you got up and sucked, it wouldn't bother you. It's a pool party. Yeah. No you, one's gonna hear us. They're gonna be exactly underwater. No, exactly. So and you know, and and it doesn't matter. I take everything so seriously. I don't want to suck. And I that Damn. is. In direct contrast, which I with what I ask my children to do every day, they play sports. They are, you know, in school, and I'm asking them to take chances, try new things. I'm asking them to, I mean, well, they they are pushing themselves in sports. But if they're going to enter, if Lola's going to play a tennis match, I'm trying to say to her, go out, have fun, and who cares if you lose? And because I really, it doesn't matter to me if if my kids win or lose. It doesn't matter. But to me, it does. And I was losing at kite surfing. I was looking around, and I was seeing this adorable 20-year-old soccer player. I was seeing these men who were there who have tried it before. You
1: didn't know that at the time. I didn't know
2: at the time. They tried it before. And I'm seeing you come back at the end of the day. You're like, yeah, I stood up. I got it. It it's great. And I was like, mother... Mary, (laughs) I just didn't like sucking.
1: Well, I I did try to explain to you. I I think that first time I got up was a bit lucky. Yeah. I also, so here's what I struggled with. You struggle with perfectionism. Mm -hmm. I actually discovered something about myself and I said it out loud at the end of the second day or maybe the beginning of the third day because y'all, it really does take three days to get this to work.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I was very good at flying the kite pretty quickly. I just figured it out. I was really good at wakeboarding because I've done it before. Mm-hmm. But when I put them together, it just it short-circuited my brain a little bit. And um, the guy I was with, uh, the, the coach was like, man, you're really good at wakeboarding, really good at that. You got up once, and then like it seemed like you sort of took a step back. And I'm like, dude, I only know how to do one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even think before I said it. But I, then I just kind of went back to the book that I've been writing for the last year, mm-hmm. which is where you learn about the executive functioning skills of an ADHD brain, which are you can you can actually focus incredibly well on something difficult as long as it's that one thing and there's nothing else mm-hmm. holding your attention because the functioning of an ADHD brain is like a a um, an on and off switch, not a dimming board. You're either all in on one thing or you're all out on one thing. Yeah. And so putting the kiting and the boarding together was short short circuited my brain i got up once and i think honestly i think the reason i got up once is because i wasn't thinking about the board i just was good at it and i was just thinking about the kite and then when he started adding instructions on there's something else you've got to do with the board now in order to do these other things and and i put those two together and i fell apart Mm -hmm. it is you you say this is mentally exhausting do you remember what the owner said about this sport Mm -mm. which blew my mind he said, every other sport you've done in your entire life has been two-dimensional.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Soccer, basketball, football. You're, you're sitting, you're, you're moving either forward or sideways at all times. And every once in a while, something leaves, but it always comes back, mm-hmm. like a ball. He's like, kiteboarding is three-dimensional. You can't just think about your axis on the ground where you're moving back and forth. You have to think about the, the kite's axis in the air, which you are in charge of. And he's like, it short-circuits everyone who tries the first time. Yeah
2: but i i felt that and i it was such a listen we're not trying to convert people to make them kiteboarders but i just want to try to encourage people no matter your age to try something you know new that's physically and mentally challenging yeah. but i had not counted on being such a zombie in the evenings and even the day we drove back you know we had actually had a busy day the day we drove back and it my I just have to. I've learned that about myself now that whether it's, and I should know this from being an introvert that it takes me a day to recover if there's something big social or we have friends in town, it's all good, but my brain really can't function. I need to give myself some time and some grace in that. Okay. Overcoming my perfectionism. That was a big deal. Uh, My last one is...
1: Your last thing you learned?
2: The last thing I learned. I learned so many things, but the last thing I'll talk about is the reward is worth it. As we age, we don't get participation trophies for trying something. You know, my kid went to he signed up We signed him up for a comedy camp he had the, he had the, he didn't want to go really um he said he wanted to go and then it was time to go and he said he didn't want to go and and I gave him the pen holderness answer which is we've already paid for it so you're going but at the end of the week there was a big show we got a pat on the back you know our kids study they'll get a report card with a good grade like you get a trophy you you get a trophy for trying things mm-hmm. as a kid so now that we're not in elementary school it's you don't get rewarded for learning new things anymore. There aren't, you know, the, your dad's not there to pat you on the back and, and to even to learn to try something like this, like we had to schedule it months in advance and secure childcare and we had to pay money. And so it was just getting there was so big that that's, and it kind of, it's why I don't learn a lot of new things, I think because the barriers are so big, but When I finally, finally stood up on that dang board with the kite, it did feel amazing. And so all of, I think it felt so amazing because it was so hard. If it was, if it was super easy to get there, if it was super easy to just like, oh, stand up, like it would not have felt so thrilling.
1: So describe the feeling. Let's, I want to go through several of these because I know this was hard for you describe the feeling physically first of all like tell us uh, exactly take us through what happened with your body and with the kite and with everything else
2: I don't know that i it's going to be as interesting i mean it felt you go really fast if you're doing it you know and i didn't really know how to slow down if you've ever been wake it feels like wakeboarding but harder because the where the power is coming from is not you have to generate it yourself i was so proud of myself for for figuring it out and then immediately it was holy bleep how do i stop mm-hmm. you have a coach on a jet ski who's following and i have some video she's so sweet and she's saying words to me but i can't hear the words because we're far enough away and there's a jet ski and there's another kite you know kiter
1: you're probably cool. also concentrating really hard on i know what but, but doing. there's somebody
2: else coming I'm still within a safe distance, but she's saying words that now I can hear on the video or like, you know, slow down. And I don't know how to do that. So I would just like sit. (laughs) I was like, okay, I'm done now.
1: Real quick though. If, if you have skied wakeboarded whatever it is remember i don't know if we've explained this yet we're attached via harness
2: at, at your waist yes yeah.
1: at our waist so the <laughs> there's a kind of a ski rope that you're holding out when you're kiteboarding. but that ski rope if you let go of it it just moves a few inches out of your grasp and you can go grab it again mm-hmm. but um all of the force and pressure of the parachute is going into a harness because that rope is attached to a harness like a very strong harness and so <laughs> when you let go it's not like you gently sink into the water
2: well you, i found un- a way to gently un- sink,
1: unless the parachute goes down
2: yeah but-
1: so when you do fall because you know that this is the scary part when you do fall because you've lost control you can't just let go of the rope and, and it slows you down it drags you through mm-hmm. the uh through the water until the kite sorry i call it a parachute until the kite makes it back to the water
2: I have to say you guys I had so many spectacularly painful falls <laughs> I said to Penn like I there was a lunch break but I had hurt my shoulder so badly that I said to him like I don't think I can do this like I just don't think I could do this because I was trying to I didn't want to give up because I'm not a quitter so I would, I would keep holding on to the kite when I should have let it go and I hit the water
1: Kim, I'm so glad you brought that up. Your Zoe, your instructor, did a great job uh, with media, with, yes. with film, video, even audio. Um, normally, I, I, I'm not dogging on you, because you did great, and there's a bunch of good, <laughs> great video that if you, I, I'm sure that we'll have it somewhere in this blog, but there's, so the part she was just talking about where she gets lifted out of water and does like, she walks on water, like takes two or three steps, and then face plants?
2: Face, I mean, not and not, Like it was as if my whole body belly
1: flopped. Right. And so her instructor, who's very, very positive most of the time, like Kim, you did it. You're amazing. You're amazing. You hear her. And so I'm going to play this video for you. You hear her react by saying something by saying, Oh no, she says that th- three seconds before you crash and about a second and a half before you even get out of the water because what, she'd seen the what happened to the kite? Yeah, so, you, yeah.
2: so let me set the stage. As a really knowledgeable kite surfer, kite boarder, you know right away if the kite is in the right position. Yeah. And I didn't, I had it way too far in front of me, and so she yeah. knew before I did that it was going to be a flipping yeah. disaster.
1: So I want you to try to listen to her O, and then I want you to try to listen very faintly for the slapping sound afterwards, which will be Kim face first, sadly, going oh, into so funny. the water. Oh!
2: <laughs> Do you hear the smack at the end? Here, play it again to see if you can, can you really hear the smack? Oh!
1: Yeah, It's like the, the, the last frame. That was and well, she had to turn it off so I she could, turn could turn come, to get come
2: get rescue me. But that was my face. No. My, okay, we'll no. put this on Instagram.
1: No. So let so just listen to her. Oh, because it starts out, it just it she kind of breaks. It's like oh oh, no. <laughs> no.
2: and then you no. okay? Because I'm not watching it, Pen. <laughs> I'm just listening to it. It's not, it <laughs> doesn't. It, we'll have to put it on Instagram, um, but it is. And then you see me like very. I was yep. very surprised that it was not going well. And I kind of try to walk on water for a couple steps. Yeah, I let go a little late, and then
1: smack. For for what it's worth, we all had one of these. We just didn't have someone filming
2: I, us. And, you know, here I am trying to convince people to do something that's physically and emotionally challenging, that saying that the reward is worth it, you know, give up on your perfectionism, it's, it you're going to do it. But I was so sore, because my neck and shoulders and just from hitting the water, I was so sore that for four days to get dressed, I had to be fully just, I couldn't bend over to put on my shorts i had to be so i had to kind of like loop them around my foot from a standing position and kind of pull them up i was i have never been so sore in my life but i'm good now (laughs) but i'm not watching it but it is very it is very funny
1: um i'm glad you're okay yeah it, I'll say it again. We all took these massive diggers in the ocean. They called it the Pamlico neti pot because it went like straight up your nose. And it was like, do you guys know what a neti pot is? It's it. a saline rinse. So whatever germs that we've had, they've been replaced by whatever germs are in that sound.
2: I, um, want to definitely, so this is Penn and I are actively looking for things. We're actively prepping for life as empty nesters. So I think the vision is we would have this skill. So when we go to the beach uh, and we go on vacations, we would maybe even take some specific trips to go kiteboarding, I don't think we are to the level of proficiency and self-sufficiency that we would need to be to go out alone right now. E-
1: even with a fully immersive three-day camp, I, f- I completely agree with you. I we're would, not ready yet.
2: No, I think we would go back to that same spot. Totally recommend. It's called Real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's in the Outer Banks. If you were interested in that, it, like they have a great setup there. They were so knowledgeable and so kind I would love a chance for you and I to go back there, even if it's for a day, to get yeah. a, maybe a private lesson, because we've seen kiteboarders out on the beach where we go to the beach, and that is I, that's an entire ocean I could get swept out in, and that is just not going to happen right now. Not yet. So I, but I think by the time PC leaves us and we're officially empty nesters, maybe we're those people that take a vacation and bring our kiteboards, and I don't know. Uh,
1: I think like we said, this is a misogy or it could have been a misogy. Mm-hmm. Um, the real misogy is being proficient at this. It is. I think that we took, let's say it's a 10 step process. I think we took steps one through four right at this, at this place. And I'm not trying to, I think that they accomplished what I wanted to accomplish, which was just to get up and go for a while, Yeah, which is great, but there's a lot more to it. Like you, you can't just get up and go. You've got to turn.
2: Oh yeah! If, if there wasn't a jet ski there, like I wouldn't be able yeah. to get back to land. I,
1: I don't know many people who actually got to that point over the course of the camp. So anyway, it, I I thought it was really cool. We've got some more work to do.
2: Yeah. So here's the question for the people, the sweet sweet community that got us to audience winners of the other category what is your hard thing you want to try and it doesn't have to be i'm I'm thinking of my mom who listens to this podcast sometimes and she just you know had a hip surgery and an ankle surgery so she's not i think her her masogi would be able to walk around the block pain-free so but like what is the thing you want to try that you've always wanted to try that you could commit to
1: i want to know two things from from them so i do want to know what's the hard thing you want to try but i also want to know what's keeping you from doing it and i know that like not everything is is possible right mm-hmm. but everyone wants to try something hard and if you haven't done it yet there's a reason and a lot of times it's i haven't had the time for it
2: and sometimes it's the money sometimes like, it's
1: the money but i i am curious like what the, something that you want to try and and why haven't you tried it
2: i i fall into i will say because you and lola play tennis pc has he's knowledgeable and has played tennis that is a skill that as we look to getting older and empty nesters, I feel like everybody around me, it's just something, oh yeah. And, and sure. I've gone to watch, I have this wonderful, wonderful angel of a friend, one of my best friends, she's 50 and she's gone through some life changes and she, oh, I love her so much. She's like, I'm going to learn how to play tennis. And she joined a tennis team without even really knowing how to play tennis. And she just gets out there and plays. And I've gone to watch her and she's, first of all, very athletic. So there's that, but she's just trying and she doesn't, you know, when lose doesn't matter. She's just out there trying. So I feel as if I make a lot of excuses and my excuses for that particular skill of like, Oh, I'm so busy. The kids are so busy. So I can find an excuse for anything, but I'm trying to think what, we'll we'll keep this kiteboarding adventure, but what's our next Misogi going to be? What's our next hard thing going to be?
1: I kind of like the idea of pushing a boulder underwater for a kilometer.
2: <laughs> yeah. And here's the thing, we <laughs> can have a, different
1: journeys. That's true. Yeah. Most of the time, in fact, I think one of the things that Michael Easter said was that you're first, you're not really supposed to publicize it. Certainly not on social media, you right, tell your family, but also that you know, you can do them together, but they can be equally rewarding if you try to do them by yourself. So I think if we do this every year, we'll have a lot of different iterations. You may do one with a friend sometime. I may do one with a friend, but this was a great start. And there were times when I was very nervous that I would never be able to do it. And so I think for that reason, you know, for my ADHD, uh, inability to multitask for you really challenging your perfectionism, it ended up being much more of a mental challenge than a physical challenge, but it was hard. I think the intended effect is that it resets the way that you view the world around you and you get out of what he calls the comfort creep, Yeah, which this is, I don't remember if he came up with this or if he was attributing it to someone else, but it's the concept that you're getting so comfortable with the world around you and with the perfect temperature of your room and the hours of sleep that you get and being able to access a TV show anywhere, anytime, any content, whenever you want to, that you become increasingly unhappy with what you've got as the amount of things that you've got goes up. There's this creep toward getting so uncomfortable and then not being happy because of it, right? There was this like direct correlation with happiness and getting too comfortable. And his belief is that this resets your mind and gives you a new appreciation for the world around you. And I have, I will tell you, the last week I have felt not reborn, but I felt re-energized, certainly.
2: Yeah, yeah, reborn would be a stretch. But I would like to take something that's more physically demanding. I mean, Mm -hmm. this, this hurt in a lot of ways, but maybe, but I can't be running a marathon because also you have to have there has to be a chance of failure so if, yeah. if it was signing up for some race i i know me i would train for yeah. it extensively so i don't know uh if anybody has any ideas you hit me up
1: you know what would really be tough for me i mm. learned this after a couple of nights ago i could probably run a marathon before someone asked me to stand for two hours oh straight gosh.
2: so we <laughs> something happened we're always me. looking at the world thinking like, is that a video? Is that a funny song? I mean, I kind of like the way this work has trained our brains to look for comedy. And I was like, is there a song in just the weird ways we we hurt ourselves as we age? Because you texted me, or I, or I saw the text when I woke up, because you had moved to the guest room. You're like, hey, babe, I didn't sleep very well. I'm in the guest room. My knees really hurt. And I was like, oh, gosh, what did he do? And you're like, um... And We woke up. You're we like
1: I was standing
2: a lot last night.
1: <laughs> I love you. I seriously think that I like had a cry, like bad bad injury from standing. <laughs> So I look whatever was whatever ligaments were in between the bones in my leg between my shin and my are they gone now? I don't think there's anything left. I think there used Uh. to be a nice little pillow there and so like running is fine because you're activated, but standing it's just you're banging those two bones together and don't make (laughs) get get your mind out of the gutter and I had the horribly swollen right leg and it was like restless and I had to put like eight Uh. pillows around it. I took Advil in the middle of the night. I like, Aww. I remember I was like so discombobulated. I brought a beer upstairs, like maybe that'll help. And I didn't open it. So I woke up in the morning and there's like a warm, unopened beer next to my and bed. And
2: non-alcoholic beer or beer beer? I think it was
1: non-alcoholic. Like, why would that even help? Like, I, I, I don't. It's so funny. We're drinking so many non-alcoholic things. I can't tell the difference. That uh,
2: PC says, I think you're turning into a non-alcoholic, <laughs> which, I mean, let's not joke about alcoholism, but that was a funny term
1: yes um, um, okay well guys thank you for going on this uh, comfort journey with this I can't wait to hear
2: I know I want to hear like I mean
1: what do you want to try
2: what do you want to try well you can message us on Instagram or we always do sort of a blog or on these things you can leave a comment there also looking for new ideas but anyway I love you guys bye
1: bye oh can stop watching this <laughs> Okay, we're
2: done. Okay, bye.